Hello, and welcome back to the Observer Station. I'm Walter. And I'm Wheeler. And like I said, this is the Observer Station. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week we're going to go over some tips, tricks, techniques, and wrongdoings when it comes to identifying your fishes and crustaceans and mollusks and not birds. I'm terrible at birds. Yeah. I give you an idea short tail albatross damn it lauren quit swearing i gotta edit those out <laughs> all right so quick update for this week the council didn't have any meetings but some of the committees did and the first committee meeting that happened a few days ago was the troll em committee meeting highlights from it uh the troll em committee can't decide if they're a committee a work group a sub work group or one of other multiple terms. And they spent about an hour and a half trying to decide what they technically were and if they wanted to have a broad range and keep including new ideas for a while so that they can be more inclusive and have less issues in the end, or if they want to be narrow minded blinds blinders on both sides and they want to just get through and get this troll thing set up. Uh, results are pretty inconclusive. I didn't really get a whole lot from that. Pretty worthless overall. Uh, but the rest of the meeting was pretty interesting. You know, they went over artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yes, machines are taking over the planet, but they can be defeated by a strong flashlight. They're taking their jobs. They are taking our jobs. But if you put a flashlight, change the lighting, enter a shadow, move things too quickly, or put fish that aren't supposed to be in that area in that area, they malfunction, break down, catch fire, explode, people die. I mean, none of that really happens, but they definitely don't ID the fish <laughs> properly. So it's basically like that happening. Uh, so machine learning, it's coming to a processing plant near you. They're looking at adding these cameras, or they've already added cameras to two processing plants in Dutch Harbor um, to replace observer monitoring of the fish line because nobody likes standing there watching Pollock go across for 12 hours a day. No, it's mind numbing. Uh, as Lauren knows, she loves watching fish go across, but they're looking at putting it at possibly GOA plants too. So those partial coverage observers can not stand there and f or fish and watch fish go across the fishing belt. Yeah, who's so. swearing now, Wayne? I said fish several times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what else are they looking at doing? Rockfish program. Get out of here. They're looking at adding cameras to rockfish boats so we don't have to have observers there because there's a shortage of observers going to rockfish boats because nobody really enjoys it. Um, I mean, I did, but, you know, most I'm people don't. I love rockfish. And it's costing the boats an arm and a leg because only one company is supplying observers for it now and nobody else is because it's hard to get observers to Kodiak and keep them there in Kodiak because the boats don't fish consistently so that pay for hotels and other cost of living Whew. then they're talking about if that goes through they're going to add that to the peacod program so the trawl cod that happens at the beginning of the season where they need observers on fishing vessels where they normally have cameras for pollock in that they're looking at adding or keeping the camera programs for that so they don't have to keep observers on for peacod they're looking at requiring 100 percent retention for the first couple of years and then allowing the crews to sort and discard like they do on west coast but we'll see if that happens or not still very much up in the air the em providers are currently the ones reviewing the data which is an incredible conflict of interest so that definitely isn't going to fly in the end but right now they're the ones trying to prove that there's a hope that this dream will come through what else was going on? Uh, EM on Pollock boats. It's happening. Um, they're looking at adding AI systems on the Pollock boats so that review is only done when crew members are on deck. 
so that crew members can't go in between hulls and remove fish out of tanks or pick fish out of the trawl alleys or AI systems that are developed to look for human shapes moving on deck. So if you get your Kishitakas, your crew members, or other such mythical beasts, they will be spotted on deck <laughs> and recorded, and someone will look at them. Kishitaka! Kishitaka! And as far as the re- reviews at plants, they are looking at a number of different systems to review salmon. They're looking at adding cameras to the start of the line and then at the salmon bends on the line so that they know how many salmon have come across the belt that got picked out and how many that didn't. Right now, the AI systems are incredibly inconsistent. They do really well for about the first year. And then after you try to teach them like, hey, these are the fish you're looking for, they malfunction, break down, explode, people die, nuclear explosions, world ends, (laughs) things like that. Not quite to that level, but you know, the camera systems have issues. AI systems are probably the future, but right now the future is not here. So... And that's good luck, or that's good news for observers, because that means at least we still have jobs for the time being. But uh, quickly, quickly closing in on us. So, observers, what does that mean for you? Well, they're going to take you off raw fish boats. They're going to take you off peacock boats. But they need to keep you at processing plants because they need those biological samples. Because right now, when it comes to the or the trawl, the salmon committee, the salmon bycatch committee, they need biological data. And observers have to be there to collect it. They need fish IDs. The trawl fleets talking about complaining that they don't want to, but getting real time biological data from the chum salmon being caught to determine if they are from Western Alaska or if they're from the Asian hatcheries, because there's a lot of fish from the Asian hatcheries. Things like that keep happening. So they're trying to decide how they're going to deal with the shortage of Western Alaska chum and Chinook, if they're going to put a cap on it, things like that. So observers will be needed to collect those biologicals at processing plants and on catcher processors at sea. But who knows how long that's going to be keeping on. Right now, it seems pretty consistent, at least for, you know, the next 10 years, observers at processing plants will have jobs. But when it comes to being on a catcher vessels, our times our times may be limited for observers. Biologicals are the key to keeping observers in the field. Observers collect a lot of data that the fishery likes to say, look at all the observer data that we're getting. And uh, it's not all the best data. It's not all accurate. But, you know, that's more on the fishery fleet and them trying to use us as a scapegoat, scapegoat to say, look at all the good we're doing. So keep an eye out for that. In the future, council meeting happens in next week. I think there's a couple more committee meetings. Keep your eyes out for that. And that's all I got for now. That was a lot. That was a lot. And that also sounded like these meetings uh, aren't very productive. They are and they aren't up to a point. They're like, yeah, look at all this cool stuff we got. And then someone tries to make a decision and no one can agree on it. No one's quite sure as to what they want to do pushing forward. And it's really frustrating, especially when it comes to the chum salmon numbers, which are collapsing. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we can add that to uh, our collapsing fisheries at the moment. Yeah, take that, king crab. You're not alone. Tanner yeah, crab. you're not alone. You're all going to perish. It's fine. We're we all going to die. <laughs> We're all going to die. We're going to die, man. But on the bright side, sablefish is doing good and so is halibut. So the IPHD is currently meeting and will be meeting for a while now. Um, Western states in the U.S., uh, the, your local state government will be having meetings to bring results to the IPHD so that your state can get their halibut quota. Um, so if you feel so driven, attend to them and make your voices heard. 
Or don't. Um, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. Also, no we'll be posting. <laughs> no judgment. A little judgment, actually. I'm. I'm. Judging. A lot of judging. Yeah. So much judging. They don't have to know that though. <laughs> uh, we are posting um, different things that are coming up to our Instagram, such as I know today, which will be gone by the time this comes out. Um, I did post the observer attention survey um, done by Rachel M- Mahler. Is that? Her name? I, I like to pronounce it Malure. Malure. <laughs> yeah, I think that's close enough. But yeah, she's going to Tasmania for the International Fisheries Conference. Um, she and a number of other observers, I think two or three other observers, are going there to pr- make their presentations and kind of get their voices heard out there, which is awesome. She's doing it. Uh, another observer is doing it. I know Sarah, the Soul Queen, is doing it. Um, she's going there to talk about her observer mentor program, which I think is a great idea. I think if new observers can get help from previous observers, we should definitely look at doing that. Um, even if, if NIMS is going to be a whiny little baby about it, uh, it's a good idea for people to get real-time experience and uh, motivational speeches from their seniors. Uh, and maybe it might help with the whole observer retention issue we're having right now, you know, just saying. It's true. A sense of community, a sense of pride in your work does help typically to keep one around. Also, so does pay. Yeah, pay, pay, would, pay would be nice, you know. I would that's love neither to here nor there. pay for things. Um, so actually, on the topic of observers, Wayne, uh, what do you think is the most tricky fish to ID? Ooh. Uh, that is a tough one. In my experience, <laughs> my toughest ones to ID are the smelt species because, uh, you can get some real mystery looking smelt, throw some IDs to them and nymphs might or might not allow them to stick. Uh, but then you can get the fish that aren't in the ID guide. And obviously those are difficult to ID because they're not in the guide. What about you, Lauren? What, what do you say is hard to ID? Um, I'm going to say some of the flatfish are probably hard, um, especially for newbies. Uh, Kamchaka and halibut are very different. Um, <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> I mean, only if you make that mistake like two or three times, your boat's going to get a little upset at you. Uh, not a whole lot of Kamchaka uh, restrictions, but there are several halibut ones. So. Yeah, so I think uh, I think flatfish might be a toughie for some people. Um, especially like, so speaking of Kamchatka, um, that trifecta, so the, tri- the Kamchatka, Arrowtooth, and Greenland turbot, I know that tricks people up a lot. You know, on the West Coast, they call everything a turbot, even though there's absolutely no turbot on the West Coast. So. Oh, look at that there, turbot. That's a great looking yeah, turbot. That's a girl, awesome turbot. Look at all these turbot. We got in a darn boat. God Friggin dang. turbot. Well, um, actually, shoot sir, dang, that dang. is a, a butter sole and a sand sole. Um. <laughs> And that other one there over there is probably maybe a different type of sole. Um, and that one right there is just a shoe sole. So. Yeah, you know, I see a flounder as well. Um, you know. <laughs> no, it's a turbot! <laughs> Damn, hake. turbot, it's a hake! All right, so, Lauren, I'm going to throw some terms at you. And oh, let's see how good your fish term is. Shield. <laughs> 
shield? Shut your face. That's not a fish. <laughs> it shield. is 100% in the fish ID guide. Shield. Well, thickened, hardened scale on the lateral line or sides. No, you're making that shit up. I ain't lying. It's right below scoot, which is a thickened, hardened scale on the middle of the belly. I actually did know what a scoot was. Shoulder. Like this thing? The pectoral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. So, it's it's myth. It's myth. It's myth. It's myth. So it's it's myth. What <laughs> have you done? <laughs> <laughs> All I want for Ithmus is you. I, I love that the definition for Ithmus in this guide is figure four. What page are you on, dude? I'm not on any page. The front. The front. I'm looking for figure four right now. The is is myth. Is myth. Oh my god, it's like the uh, the fish, like the fish on uh, SpongeBob. They always end their words with <laughs> yeah. myth. <laughs> That's only in the void or the the crevasse. The crevasse, the the below the bikini bottom. All right, so canine is obviously a teeth, a tooth. Uh, what is the caudal peduncle? Oh, that is probably that place, like, in between the butt and the back fin. A little, little part. <laughs> That's a perfect description. <laughs> I really appreciate the sound effects added to that. That, that little part, you know? You can just grab, grab by that part. Yep. All right. Yep. So, you know, what is, now that what is we've the, got uh, perfect what terminology is, down. Uh, what is the ovate? What? The ovate? Yeah. I can't say I've ever heard of that. So I have no idea. You want to tell me what that one is there? It's a it's what, a body form. Where the heck is ov- ovate? Body form. What the heck? Yeah. Ovate. Ha! Figure nine. Figure nine. Figure it out. Figure. <laughs> <laughs> Give your ovates a tug. <laughs> where the heck is nine C? Pitter patter. Uh, nine. Oh, it's a head shape. It's a sardine. The sardine is ovate. Ovate. So it Ovalate. looks like a semel, an oval. It looks like their head looks like an oval. It's like an anchovy. A sardine. The such. The such. What is a uh uh a a vomer? Well, that's uh those people that drop explosives everywhere, right? <laughs> no, a it's vomer? there. It's yeah. It's it's bone or teeth. Figure eight a. Oh my gosh, Lauren, pick, you know, some actual words. These are, they don't even describe them in words. They just describe them in pictures. It's the, it, it's the middle teeth, like in the middle of the jaw. So when you grab a salmon by the jaws and you immediately regret it because they have teeth right in the center where the tongue would be. Yeah, uh, in their, in their the vomer. vomer. I've never heard anyone use that as a term to identify a fish. So that's interesting. It's in here. All right, Lauren. All right. <laughs> What's the weirdest fish-like fish you've ever seen while fishing? Pomfret. Pomfret? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, they're, like, completely filled with worms. But I hear they taste good. They no. look like they taste good. Mm. I don't know, man. I, I feel like they would be... You know that episode where we talked about wet styrofoam pudding? Oh, yes. Yeah, I feel like that that would be the texture of a pomfret. All right, we're going to go through this ID guide here. We're going to get ourselves to palm for it. So you got yourselves a palm for it in front of you. Right now, you look at this and you say, without jaws, one median nostril, body more or less cylindrical, no paired fans or scales. Well, that Dan Dare fish got scales, don't he? <laughs> he definitely what? do have jaws as well. 
So you skip past that. You get past your hagfish and your lampreys. Lampreys ain't got no jaws. Hagfish ain't got no jaws. Hagfish ain't got no eyes. You know what they call them hagfish? They call them slime fish. You get they them slime, slime barrels in your trawl nets. You see them along the west coast. <laughs> no idea what this here accent is, but it's funny. <laughs> All right. So you got yourself some gill openings. See that there, palm frit, Lauren? Got five to seven gill openings on either side of the head? Or you got uh, one on each side of the head? I feel like it has one on each side of its head. You know what they call that gill opening when it's only got one on each side of the head? Well, what do they call that gill opening? It's got one on the side they, of the head. They call that gill opening a porculum. A porculum is a bony flap that you got on either side of your head. You oh, darn shoot. fool if you ain't got no darn porculum. <laughs> call yourself a shark, a skate, or a ray. Them there fish ain't got no darn porculum. What about that ratfish? Do they got them... A perculams. Well, technically, they got that a perculam, but they ain't got no bones. Those fish ain't fools. They ain't got no bones. What kind of fish ain't got no bones? Fish ain't got no bones. Fish this got bones. Me, this is giving me water boy vibes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't play no football. Football's devil. <laughs> I love Mickey. She showed me her boobies, and I like them, too. <laughs> All right, so uh, you get to your bony fish, you know, your ostrichthys. Those are your bony fish, so the past sharks. Sharks are cartilaginous and, you know. So are most skates and rays. Uh, it brings you up to a sturgeon. Obviously, your pomfret's not going to be mistaken for a sturgeon because no. it's got that tail. The sturgeons have a – oh, my gosh. It's got the term in here somewhere, right? It's a tail where it's not straight. Uh, some, no, that's symmetry on either side of the head. Okay, so the way cuttlefins work in sturgeon is their bones go up and towards their top lobe of their cuttlefin. Most fish, it just comes to the end and it stops there. It might go up a little bit, but it doesn't go all the way to the end. Uh, so your cuttlefin, which is the tail of the fish, the tail is always a caudal. Between the tail and the dorsal fin or the anal fin is the caudal peduncle that stretch the body without any fins on it, um, as Lauren had previously described about, I think he, she said something about a fish butthole. Uh. <laughs> All right, so you get your next one. Is your flat? Is your fish a flat fish? Well, pomfret's pretty pretty compressed, but it's got one eye on each side, so it's not a flat fish. Move to does it have organs on the head? No, nah, it ain't got no lures nah. on the head. No, nah, she ain't pretty. No, nope. you got them fancy dreamers or sea devils. God damn, damn sea devils <laughs> always trying to take our other fish. All them damn dreamers never doing work. Nah. <laughs> if it has a caudal fin, it's probably not a mola mola. No, because they mola. don't have that. That's not a thing they possess. No, they literally yeah. look like a fish that got bit in half. Yeah, that poor fish. Ain't got no caudal peduncle. I also don't like mola molas. I, I find <gasps> them very pointless. They just what? swim around. They don't have a jaw that can shut. It's just like They eat open. jellyfish. Yeah, you know how they eat jellyfish? They, they wander around and mola, hopefully mola. one falls in their mouth. They are literally like look i've seen people wandering around the mcdonald's parking lot hoping for that extra <laughs> fry to just wander in their mouth okay mola molas are just as useful as those people they gotta clean up the trash <laughs> i mean sure but i just ah they just irk me for some reason all right pelvic fins lauren how do you look for them pelvic fins well yeah go like right behind the operculum and then, like, if there's, you know, fins there, that's probably, like, 
the pectoral fins? As long as they're not on the no, belt? No, not pectoral. Pelvic. Pelvic. pelvic oh, yeah. The so they're... They are, um, you know, if you're looking at the belly, if you're going down towards the uh, anus, they're normally uh, down that way. And they're on the bottom of the body, normally. Have you seen any fish with any crazy pelvic fins? Pelvic fins? I mean, like, sometimes. Well, no, those are technically... uh, uh, oh my god! What the frick is that word? I've been out of the fishery so long, I can't even think of words. Um, Like the suckers. The sucker. The, you know. Those are pelvic fins. The, those are, yep. They are fused pelvic fins, but yes. Then you get some that are like long old strands of nose hair kind of sticking out of the fish. They're just like those weird, long, lanky fins that stick out. You get some weird pelvic fins, but typically... If you got something on the belly of the fin or belly of the fish that looks like it could be a fin that's attached, it's a pelvic fin. So you got your characteristic there for your palm for it. You're not looking at any eels, any cutlass, any ragfish, any prowfish, any snailfish. Nah. Also, uh, uh, oh, species shit. as well. Uh, typically. All the way to 18. Hold on, hold on, hold on. KK, KK. Right? Yep. Okay. So you're trying to decide the location of your pelvic fins on your fish. So you've got abdominal, jugular, and thoracic. Thor- thoracic. It's uh, <laughs> not to be mistaken with any characters from any of the Marvel movies. Thoracic is not a superhero. No. But when you think of your thorax, which on humans, bugs anything is your chest just above your boobies um that's your thorax your jugular right there at your adam's apple or your throat or whatever you got there uh, <laughs> that's your jugular so if you were to imagine yourself being a fish you got your fish jaw there and if your pelvic fins are right there at your jugular that would be jugular and if they're around your collarbones that would be thoracic and if they're by your tum tum that would be abdominal you can yes. technically measure you want to go from the top of the jugular to the pelvic fin insert so the top of the pelvic fin to determine if they're abdominal or thoracic if it's closer to your anus it is abdominal if it's closer to your jugular it is thoracic so just keep that in mind you know when you're looking for the insertion of your pelvic fins pelvic 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 (laughs) um Oh my goodness. Four to fours. They're hard to spot. You know, they, uh, you could look at a fish and be like, oh, I don't know if this thing has four to fours, but some good tips and tricks to look for them. White circles, big black dots, like prominent black dots. that will be semi-symmetrical or equal on either sides of your tummies, kind of like your nips are. Um, if you got some <laughs> photo fours that look like that, you could <laughs> definitely consider those as photo fours. Areolas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like that. Like the fish has multiple nips going <laughs> down its body that glow, glowing nips. Uh, adipus fin. You got a fleshy appendage, like a skin tag or a, uh, what do they call those tails? That's a great way to describe that, a skin tag. That's pretty much I what an that's, adipus that's is. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It, you see if you have an adipus fin. If you don't, then you're probably a pomfret. <laughs> Just yeah. saying. If you don't and have any skin tags, you're probably a pomfret. If you had an adipus, you're probably a salmon. Yep. All right. So. Let's see some other cool characteristics we're looking at here. I completely lost palm for it. I had it earlier. Um, I have no idea where it went. Ah, there she blows. There she blows. 
Also, right. hold on one second. I have to blow my nose. Okay. Oh, as I was saying before Lauren interrupted with her sickness. Get uh, <laughs> down with the sickness. Lauren, have you ever seen a tube shoulder? Um, only in lab for West Coast training. Yeah, that's uh that's uh that's fishing lame, man. I saw one in real life out there in the field in the shiznit. In the shiznit. I can say without a doubt, if you think you have a tube shoulder, you probably don't unless you see it and it looks like a tube shoulder. Um, they're very prominent fish. It looks like they have a skin tag growing on the shoulder. Big old white spot. Very easy to see. Very easy to tell. It is not any other fish in this ID guide. Um, so you probably don't have one of those if you don't think you do. Uh, so let's skip. So our adipose fin is not present. It would be absent, as one might say. Photophores are not present. Uh, so I definitely messed up in the ID guide. So I'm looking at 25. Uh, adipose fin, adipose, adipose fin is absent. 26. The fish is not round. So when it comes to an anchovy, if you can roll it on the table, it's an anchovy. If you can't roll it on the table, it's not an anchovy. So you skip on past that one. You go to shad. Shad. I don't know oh, if you ever shad. saw any of these, Lauren. They're big old fish. They got big black spots, really deep bodied. You're uh, you're looking for a keel. Do you know what a keel is on a fish? Um, Isn't it like the... Oh, my God. Isn't it like that like thing that comes... Like out on the peduncle type thing? Kind of. So when you're looking for a keel, you're looking for a sharp bony plate that is on the abdomen of the fish and it runs along the abdomen of the fish onto the caudal peduncle there. Mm -hmm. So much like the keel of a boat, which is the bottom of the boat, when they're talking about keel for a fish, you run your thumb along the bottom of the fish and it slides through your glove and your thumb and you have to go get stitches. It's definitely a keel and you probably shouldn't have done that. Um, They're sharp bony (laughs) plates and just keep an eye out for them. Shatter pretty easy to ID if you think you have one. In Alaska, you probably don't, but you should uh, definitely check and make sure you're not looking at yourself a Pacific herring, which are incredibly common up there, get pretty large. And I definitely miss ID that my first Pacific herring, I thought it was a shad because it was so freaking big. Well, and shads are the chads of the ocean, just saying. I can't say I've ever heard anyone call a shad a chad, <laughs> but we'll say they are the chad of the sea. The chad of the sea. All right, let's see. You got yourselves a big a fish here with some big old teeth. Well, the pomfret ain't got no big old teeth, so you're not looking at a pomfret. You might have yourself a dagger tooth or a lancet fish, and I can tell you it's probably a lancet fish. You don't see a whole lot of dagger tooth up in Alaska. It's in the ID guide, but I can't say I've ever seen one or talked to anybody that's seen a dagger tooth. I'm not even sure what they look like. Based on this photo, they look really freaking dumb. But, you know, maybe you saw one. I saw a lancet fish today at work. I feel like I want to, like, if I ever see a dagger tooth in person, like, I would try to, like, use it as a sword, like, sword fight people. Oh, heck yeah. You just grab it right yeah. there and you just, you know. Yeah, just like in the cartoons, they're like, Huzzah! and then the fish yeah. goes, like, completely Huzzah! straight. And you're like, ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it works perfectly. Deep sea smelt. I can tell you I've never seen deep sea smelt like the one in the ID guide. Uh, There are hundreds of species of deep sea smelt, and you probably won't get one that looks like it does in the ID guide. That eye looks like it's got pink eye or something swollen, you know? Uh, Oh, no. He looks like he's on meth. That's what that fish looks like. (laughs) Okay. If you're a fish on meth, you may have a deep sea smelt. Because it smelt like meth. Barracudinas, there's quite a few or three three plus species of barracudinas. You identify them on the West Coast Hake program. 
And you know I've seen I a couple a daughter, of them in Pollock. If I have a daughter, I'm going to name her Barracudina. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the female Barracuda. Love it. Son, I love Barracuda, it. Barracudina. Hell yeah. All right. So that's not... I've, no, I've seen one fish I called Paper Bones and Hake. And I can tell you that I remember absolutely nothing about that fish. It came up completely wrecked. So if you see one, good on you. Uh, ID it out. I cannot give you any tips or tricks on that ID fish. So I can is tell it paper you if bone? you think you saw it, it's tough. Is it paper bone a paper bone? Because it's bones are like basically paper. Like what, wh- where did that name come from? Well, it came from in 1870 when the fish was originally discovered. Um, they found it and wrapped it up in a newspaper and they called it a paper bone. And it's definitely oh. not a lie. 100% factual based in science. <laughs> That's totally sounds super factual. I can totally see people doing that back yeah, then. I mean, I guarantee that's exactly what happened. All right. <laughs> next on. If it's got a PAP, a pelvic, pelvic axillary process. Process. It process. is a salmon. It's a, or a salmonidae trout. or a trout, which <laughs> most trouts found, fall under salmonidae. But technically, rainbow trout and steelhead do not, which is weird. But if weird. the PAP, so you're looking for a PAP. You think you got yourself a salmon in front of you. Probably got a herring but you may have a salmon you look at it you look at them lovely pelvic fins that you found on the abdomen of your fish and you're going to see a little fleshy flap next to your fin kind of looks like an extra fin but it's not it is a scale that has grown out that observers currently collect for biological salmons or biological specimens in alaska that will tell you if you got a salmon or not. If it doesn't have a PAP, it's probably a smelt or a capelin of some sort. I can tell you without a doubt that there are a lot of smelt species that are not in this ID guide, and you can ID them to the best of your ability. Capelin, Ulicon, pretty easy to ID. The other two, I've been given the rainbow or the surf smelt ID. I 100% guarantee that fish ID as a surf smelt was not a surf smelt, and nymphs had no idea what they were looking at when they saw that fish, and they just called it a surf smelt to appease me. I didn't press them. I sent them in the entire fish, a bunch of photos when it was fresh, and they just called it a surf smelt. Don't think anybody ever looked at that, and I've got witnesses to prove that that fish was not properly ID'd by the National Marine Fishery (laughs) Service. Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they should ID fish out and give observers a correct identification if they sent in the right fish. And if not, then they shouldn't. Snailfish. They're pretty cool. Snails. They're pretty they're cool. They're like pink and orange and they come in crazy colors. They come up looking real funky, real skinny. If you cut one into it, the flesh is like clear, which is super creepy and weird. Um, they kind of look like a booger. I, I can totally see that. Now that you say that. And <laughs> I'm going to think about that. You just see some whale sneeze in the ocean and a snailfish pops out. Yeah. It's like the that eels is. that crawl into the turtle's nose. It's like oh, that. yeah. Snailfish. Ew. Yeah, that's gross. Lump suckers. They're kind of cute. They got like a weird look to them. You can get some of them in organ tide pools that are spiny lump suckers that'll stick to the end of your finger and they're cut, covered in a bunch of bony plates and they're kind of cute looking. Um, there's a bunch of lump suckers. If you think you have a lump sucker, you probably do. They're kind of hard to miss ID for anything else, in my opinion. They're yes. around. I think they say the term is globular fish um, because they are like a globe. They're very round. A, a fleshy, fleshy globe. Yep. Ah. Eel pouts. There's a lot of different eel pouts. It's I a, love eel it's pouts. An entire family. Uh, <laughs> If you think you have an eel pout, you might just take some photos, send it to your end season. They'll let you know if it's technically an eel pout or not. They're so cute. And 
grenadier are my favorite trash fish. Why are they your favorite? Um, probably because they're just complete trash. Like literally every part of them is just complete trash, but they're still out there doing their fishy thing, even though they're trash and no one loves them. Not even whales on longliners when they're stripping the line. They won't even touch them. They're like my favorite trash fish just because they're complete trash and they're still out there doing their thing. So ugly they can't even get eaten. (laughs) They are problematic for observers because their scales are huge and they will get on you and possibly get in your eye. And it is incredibly painful. So uh, watch out for that. There's a lot of different species of grenadier besides the two listed here. Uh, Giant grenadier is the big one in Alaska. Pun intentionally (laughs) intended. Uh, But there are a bunch of different grenadier species, and they're actually pretty interesting if you look at them. And if you don't care to look at them, then don't. They're grenadier. There's no commercial use of them at this time. They tried to figure something out with binding them and making them into food, but it was not possible because they taste like butt and they don't hold together well. Poachers. Pretty easy to ID. Entirely covered in bony plates. If you dry them and keep them with you, they're supposed to be good luck. Uh, obviously for you and not for the poacher because it's dead. Um, yeah, they're adorable looking little fish. I've definitely dried out and kept a couple of them uh, in the boats. Not taking them with me because that would be against the rules. Yeah, um, wink, wink. I don't know if I've ever seen a main fish. I've never seen a main fish. I may have. We got some weird species in Pollock one year at the processing plant, but I can't remember if a main fish was one of them. I've definitely seen Oreos. Saw one on my West Coast boat, and that was a weird, funky little fish. It's got a big old eyeball, and it stands out really well against any other fish that you think you see. If you think you have an Oreo, you probably do, because the eye is huge. They look like they have bad haircuts. Yep. It's uh, It's got that thinning hair, old man haircut going on top there. So. Yeah, like it's too thin, he can't comb it over. Yeah, exactly. But he tries anyway. Uh, Rockfish species. Uh, we'll talk about those later. There's yeah. a lot of rockfish species. If you got three anal spines, you probably have a rockfish. Um, Ackermackerel. Those are stripes. cool. Yeah, it's got, those are hard to, to not ID correctly. Yeah, you get a little bit of experience, and you'll definitely be able to ID your Ackermackerel accurately. Ac- ac- accurately mackerel. Accurately mackerel. And then below that, you finally got your pomfret. So I remember my first time seeing pomfret. It looked delicious. I don't know what Lauren's talking about. They look like they taste good. They kind of look like a, a mix of a tuna and a sunfish. Um, they, there's a couple different pomfrets that you can get, but Alaska just classifies them as pomfret. And yeah, they. I mean, they, their head is like a semicircle. It's pretty hard to ID as anything else. Um, it's a very agile looking fish. And Lauren's incredibly wrong when she says they don't look like they taste good. So no, they look. They're very metallic. They look like they're styrofoam. They they look like metal styrofoam. That doesn't look appealing. Next, you got your opas. Which are big fish that kind of look like sunfish, but they're just a step below because they do have a caudal fin, a tail fin. So, you got your ronquils and searchers. Typically, they have a bunch of pores what on their head. What makes them ronquils? Why can't they be right quills? Uh, because they never know the correct answer. <laughs> if you can't ID the fish, it's probably a ronquil. 
They're tough oh, to ID. Yeah. I caught a couple of them off rod and reel, and they are some. They come up some crazy colors, some crazy designs. But the pores on the head typically give them away. If you have pores on the head, look at it, check and see if it's a wrong quill. Um, that's the best way to ID it. Big scale. I've seen a couple of big scales. Their scales really aren't that big. Typically, they come up without any scales on them, so they should be called no scales. Um, but if you do get one with the scales on it, I guess it's relatively large to the rest of the body. Bricklebacks. Sticklebacks. They kind of look like a koi fish that didn't... Uh, what are you talking didn't... about? They're chiseled. It's a chiseled koi fish. It's like one that's went and tried to be too incredibly handsome and got way too much plastic surgery. Yeah, that's that's a good description of a big scale. Like they they look like a koi fish that just didn't quite koi. <laughs> There's no koi in this fish. <laughs> it's right in my face. Um, ragfish. ragfish do not look actually they kind of look like rags. I mean I could see that like a, like a garage rag. They get huge. Ragfish will be some of the largest fish you'll see in Alaska. They get up to like 300 pounds. It, they get incredibly massive. Ew. You'll see juvenile ragfish which will ID out different than the adult ragfish but the adults get massive. You have to cut them apart to get them in your baskets to be able to weigh them on your 50 kilogram scale. They get huge. Uh, cool fish to get up in your sample because it is your entire sample and that is it and it makes you feel good because you only have one fish to ID out hell yeah green links have hexagramidae you'll have a fish with a bunch of lateral lines if you don't know what lateral line is it is a porous a series of porous scales or holes that run along the side of the fish that allow the fish to sense water pressure or movement around the body. Um, Hexagramidae will have four to five lateral lines on each side, which is significantly more than the one that most fish have. Lincod, I read a rating today. It was rated as the best tasting fish in Alaska. So uh, by that one website I looked at, and I'm sure they're right because Lincod is freaking delicious. Big old teeth. Big old teeth. Yeah, meat will be blue. Don't worry about that. It won't kill you. Just eat it. They're not radioactive. Yeah. Uh, you got yourself some flat nose. They stand out pretty good. They kind of look like a mix between a cod and a grenadier um, in that they Accurate. come up super ripped up, gross, but their nose sticks out pretty prominently. Mackerels and tunas. You'll see the finlets, which are small, tiny, fleshy, hairy looking fins that stick out the back of the fish. Um, it's hard to mistake a mackerel for anything but a mackerel or a tuna. Sandfishes stand out pretty well. They uh, they got fleshy little fingers on their jaws. Their jaws stick up super well, so that would be called a superior jaw because it is superior. It is greater than the top of their head, so it sticks up past the top of their head. They look pretty funny. Cotidae are sculpin species. There's so many of them, you couldn't classify them into one group. I mean, any one characteristic. They have spines on them typically, but not all of them do have spines. Sablefish, black cod, doesn't have three fins. Don't let that fool you. Even though it's called a cod, it doesn't have three dorsal fins. A lot um, of times they're super shiny. Yeah, round. They're like a torpedo It's the best way to yeah. describe them. They stand out pretty well. Skillfish, I can tell you with 100% certainty. I've never seen this fish. I don't know what it looks like. Neither. Look in the picture. I've seen them in lab, but that's the best I can do. All right, you got your... We'll do some of these closer IDs. Uh, there's so many fish to ID in here. Uh, if your fish has two eyes on one side of the head, it's probably a flatfish. 
There's a lot of flatfish. I was so going to say, looking... we're conquering flatfish. All right, let's go. Oh, just we'll go into the basic ID characteristics. So your flatfish, you got to figure out if it's right or left eyed. You can do this by telling if the eyes are on the right or left side most of the time. But technically, to identify accurately, you have to look at the pelvic fins. So the insertion or where the pelvic fins start is symmetrical, like most people's nips. It is a right-sided fish. If it is asymmetrical, then it is a left-sided fish. And there's a couple fish that can be either. Yes, because they couldn't decide if they wanted to look left or look right. Yeah, they wanted to be. You're looking for other characteristics such as... Uh, your anal spine. So imagine your fish has a rib sticking out of where it's anus or uh, what do they call that in fish technically? Uh, it's not a cloaca. It is a vent. It's called a vent. The I vent of the say, fish. Sharks have those. Uh, I mean, technically fish do too. It's an all-in-one. Uh, but the vent of the fish If there is a sharp pointy thing and you will notice because it will stab into your glove or stab into your finger or stab into your tongue. If you're using your tongue for some reason, (laughs) uh, it will poke the snot out of you. Um, That is an anal spine. Don't mistake like any stiffness or anything else for an anal spine. They stand out pretty prominently. You'll notice it if you're in the field. If you're in the lab, it's possible that someone broke the anal spine before you because they're a dill weed. Um, that happens so much and it's really annoying yeah it's hard to go off color when it comes to flatfish because sometimes you'll get flatfish that are white on both sides or brown on both sides um fins are a good good judge of character when it comes to flatfish yellow fin will have dark bands some fish will have light coloring or no coloring in their fins and that's an easy way to id them uh we can go into details of those in a different time also, the ADB, ADB. What is that, Lauren? You're going to use fancy, sophisticated terms, break it yeah. down for those that aren't fish doctors. It is the accessory dorsal branch of the lateral line. So basically, when you're looking at your flatfish, because you know how, you know, fish have those lateral lines. On the top, like, well, okay, towards their dorsal fin, you'll have a line that just kind of like comes up their dorsal fin and so sometimes it'll be a little bit up there and sometimes it'll actually go quite a ways down the dorsal fin but it's basically just an extra lateral line up the dorsal fin or up along the dorsal ridge what's an easy way to spot those lauren do you have any tips or tricks um normally what i do on flatfish is i flip them over to the belly side the non-eye side um because a lot of times i could see them better on that side yes the blind side or the belly side or the non-eyed side is a good way to identify if a fish has an adb or not um it's a lot easier to see it on that side if you're using a camera you don't have access to that so that sucks suck um yeah flatfish can be hard to id they can also be pretty quick and easy to id uh if you're looking for some of the weird characteristics like you have to decide if it's a bony cone or just a worn down eye ridge uh bony cones stand out pretty good if you think it's a bony cone it might be if you don't think it's a bony cone it's probably not um let's see 
what else we got here? Coddle fin shape, you can kind of go by that, but really not when it comes to flatfish. Uh, while a halibut may stand out, most of the rest of them have exactly the same coddle fin. And I don't care what anybody says. Uh, they're wrong if they say it's easy to ID them from that without experience. Yeah, you might be able to ID a fish by the coddle fin if you've been doing this for a few years. But when you first get out in the field, it is not a helpful characteristic in any way, shape, or form. Nope. Uh, neither really is jaw size. So while you can tell some flatfish have small mouths, some have big ones. When it comes to the moderate size ones, it's hard to tell if they're moderate, small, or large. They do this by the end of the jaw or where the uh, the jaw meets up with the eye. If it's a large or small or medium-sized mouth, uh, I would say try not to go by this characteristic until you have some experience and some flatfish under your belt because it's hard. It's all relative most mo- like most scientific keys it's all relative large medium small it doesn't really give you a number to look for uh sometimes the position of the eye can really help um so that's also pretty relative and there's only like what like two species where their facial structure is a dead giveaway yeah like english soul dead giveaway oh what's the um the stupid fish rec rec soul <laughs> Um, <laughs> it, it just looks like it has no freaking clue what's happening and it has this really long like fin but it literally looks like it has no idea what's going on it's like it's a stupid <laughs> it's just a stupid fish yeah rexel's got a very circular head when compared to a dover or a deep sea sole um, it can be ID'd pretty quickly by the pectoral fin, but if the fish is going across a belt upside down, it's easy to ID as a Rexel based off the thickness of the fish and how round the front of the head is. So when you get Dover or deep sea soles, they're typically a little bit thicker than your Rexels, even if they're a large fish. Um, your deep sea or your Dover sole is going to be a lot thicker and a lot slimier. God, Dover soles are slimy. They are oh just my God. covered in slime. They are a pain in the batuki to grab onto. Deep sea soles aren't too bad, but you're not going to see a whole lot of them. They have a lot of spots. They're pretty easy to spot. So I can literally like never pick them up. I have to like two hand it or like do like a like a pinch, like a hard like. See, there's your problem. You got to use your teeth. Bite oh, your long, I'm doing it wrong. Grab. Yeah, doing it wrong. Yep. Should we go over the differences between the trifecta trio of the Aero, Kemshaka, and the Greenland? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can go over that. All right, Lauren, so you got yourself a big tooth, big fish staring you right in your stupid face. Uh, <laughs> what's the first thing you're going to look for? Um, well, a lot of times what I look for is, like, I kind of see where that eye is positioned and I also look at lateral line whether that has like a hard curve or if it's straight because that'll kind of tell me where to go um and then honestly I also look at the operculum there's normally this weird little um what is that preoperculum mar- margin or whatever it's called uh, and I look at like the shape of that especially if it's like trying to decide between these three um if it's kind of rounded, that doesn't really give me much. That could be arrow tooth or Kamchaka. But if it is super angular, I th- I'm like pretty sure I have a Greenland turbot at that point. All right. So uh, Greenland turbot, another couple easy ways to tell. They uh, they look significantly different than an arrow tooth and a, 
uh, Kimchaka in the field, Greenland Turbot, have more of a, their tail is more fleshy. It's thicker. You can't see through their tail as well as you can through an Arrowtooth or a Kimchaka. Um, I've only seen a handful of Kimchaka in my day, but comparing them to what I've seen in Arrowtooth, your Greenland Turbot looks more like a halibut, in my yep. opinion, than it does like a Arrowtooth or a Kimchaka. Arrowtooth so, and Kamchaka are super thin fish, where Greenland turbot is, like, thick, just like a halibut. Yeah. All right, so you ain't got yourself a turbot, because it doesn't have the L-shaped preopercle, and its body just doesn't appear right. So, you're stuck between your Arrowtooth and your Kamchaka. What are you looking for here, Lauren? Um, I think I would look at, um, where would I go from here? I know, like, sometimes the dorsal fin, like, origin can be a little different, but that can get scraped off really easy. So maybe gill rakers? I'd count those. What gill raker are you counting? Um, I'd probably look at the fur search. Um, no, don't I want it? Isn't this the one where the second arch has either a one or a two? Of the second arch has a one on a Kamchaka. Yeah, and then the arrow tooth has a two, has two, um... Gill rakers on the second arch. So yeah, so I'd go to gill gill raker counts. Yep. Uh, another way to do it, if you've got the fish upside down or it's moving past you on a belt upside down, if you can't see an indent where the eyeball would be, it may be a Kamchaka. You'll have to pull that fish off the belt because arrow tooth. You should technically be able to see the eye from the blind side or the up back side of the fish. Um, so these are things to keep an eye out for. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's. I mean, when you're in the field, you'll get to ID these fish super quick and easy. But if you need some helpful tips and tricks, these are pretty good guide um, to IDing fish quickly and accurately. The ID guide is good, but I don't like the pictures particularly. Um, I feel like there could be more details added to identify the characteristics that you're looking for when comparing species. I also feel some of the pictures are a little bit misleading. I can say I've never seen a shocklin soul. Shock, shock, Halen. Shaka, 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 shaka. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen plenty of patrolli, and I can tell you patrolli are incredibly hard to ID from Flathead Soul. Um, I don't care what the ID guide says. When looking at the ridge, it's pretty hard to ID them uh, between the two, especially between a bearing and a bearing and a flathead. Uh, you're typically going to be looking at the depth of water you're fishing in to ID between those two. Bearing are found in super shallow water. I'm talking like, you know, 70 meters or less, which most boats aren't going to be fishing in. Uh, that's just too shallow for most fish. Uh, your flatheads will be found out pretty far out with your patrollies and that. Um, yeah. Ooh, but what is the main thing that a patrolli has that you can just be like, oh, definitely patrolli, and then leave it at that? Well, if you, take a, if, you, if you take a pencil and you write down patrolli and it flops onto that one, it's clearly a patrolli. <laughs> <laughs> you could look at the teeth. Yeah, that's second row of teeth. Yeah, uh, which is weird that that's not in, is that in the Alaska Guide? Am I yep. flipping between pages? If you go to the page that compares flathead bearing and patrolling. Oh, in the back. So that's not in your dichotomous key. Nope, that's that is not in your dichotomous page. key. Yep. So just things, you know, Lauren's got some helpful tricks. Yes, some, some, a little bit. Sorry to keep her around. Yeah, I do okay. You know, when it comes to cods, though, everything's a hake. Oh, it's all hake. It's all hake. What about rock sole? I've never seen a northern rock sole because I've never fished that far north. I've only seen southern rock soles. 
Oh, Rock Souls. Um, have I seen another Rock Soul? I kind of think maybe, but I don't remember, so I'm going to say no. Also, Some people say you can ID them by the ripple of their supple muscles, but, you know, I think you have <laughs> to do a Gil Raker count. I think people are lying. I don't know. Maybe they're I, right. I've I, never I, seen a Northern, so I can't tell you. I feel like those people who have, they've been out on a boat for too long, they're sexualizing fish. I feel like that's, yeah. that's what that is. Well, they're going back and writing their fantasy fiction about their rippling <laughs> muscle fish. Yeah, and he, Ooh, and then the mermaid came out of the water. He threw me down and kissed me very with passionately. His, with his small little mandible. But luckily, Roxel's got them big, luscious lips, so they, you know, they do. their kissing's good. Yeah, they have some pretty, pretty fat lips. English soul. Like you said, Lauren, they got that funky head. They look like they've been hit by a bat really hard right above their temple. They look like if they open their mouth, they'd go. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sand soul, butter soul. Uh, never seen either. I've seen a butter soul. I think I've seen a sand soul, but like they're super rare. They're super weird. You're going to see that fish and be like, that doesn't look one of these fish is not like the other. One <laughs> of these fish is different. Uh, you're going to pull out and you're going to have to go through your ID guide. There's no quick tips or tricks. Their eyes look weird. It's hard to describe anything other than it looking weird. So well, uh, doesn't the sand soul, the one that has like the crazy hair day, like doesn't it have like. Yeah, but you're not going to see that on the fish when it comes by. And some of the fish get torn up and their dorsal fins will get torn up and it'll be hard to tell. And there's other fish with rays that stick out. You're going to have to go through the ID guide for these last two. That's fair. And if you're not sure, save the fish, contact your end season and send the fish in. Yeah, just bag it, tag it, bring it on a plane. People look at you weird. It's fine. Yep. Use it as you carry on. Give it your extra drink. Maybe buy it a seat next to you. You know, yeah. take its snacks, those little cookie things they give you on the airplane. Just take those. Fish don't need them. Exactly. I feel like fish are friends. Best... Don't need food. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> fish friends. They don't need food. Um. Let's see. Okay. So we're we moving on now. We're we moving on to to the cods and the hakes. Yeah, we'll do that, and we'll definitely call it after that because there is so much. I mean, we haven't even touched rockfish. And oh, what that's about its whales? whole episode. Whales. Really difficult fish to ID. We didn't even talk about sharks. Sharks. I feel like I feel like rockfish totally has its own episode. I feel like salmon totally has its own episode, and then the, the mammals have their own episodes. And then I, do we have to talk about birds? I hate birds. 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 Bird bird. is the word. Bird, Everybody bird, knows bird about the bird. bird. All right. Bird, so, bird. oh my goodness, Lauren, what's that first fish? Ah, <gasps> it's a hake. The hake. The All right. So my favorite way of describing the hake is the gothic cousin of the Pollock. It's got itself some black lipstick. It's super dark, sad looking and falling apart because it's been smoking too much. <laughs> uh, hake versus Pollock. Uh, they're different. Very uh, different. The hake has a bigger thing. mouth. It looks sad. <laughs> yeah, it has a really big, sad mouth. It's got it, black lipstick. It's it just, it, you'll know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. it literally looks like, like the negative because it's literally like, it's just like black and then the body is like super, super light. Whereas like the Pollock has like the green speckling and um, snake skin. The snake skin. Honestly, you want to know what my favorite word in this whole guide? What? Barble. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so 
Why? Wait, is it? Does it have a chin? Barble? Like barbell? <laughs> barbell is just my favorite word in this in this guide in this key to cods and hakes. Barble, barble, barble. I don't know. It sounds like something a cartoon character would say. All right. So you're looking for a bibble? A bibble, a barble. You're looking Doesn't for have... a little fleshy tag that sticks out of the chin. Pollock do not have one. I think it shows a really small one in this picture. Does not have one. No. Nope. Any way, shape, or form, you will not see it. Um, prove me wrong. Send me pictures, but I'm gonna say you're not gonna see it. One thing that all these fish will have is like at least two or three. A butthole. Yeah, and a butthole. Um. <laughs> Two or three anal. F- oh, that's another thing between dorsal fins. Dorsal yeah. fins. That's another thing between the Pollock and the Hake. Is Hake has two dorsal fins, whereas Pollock has three. That's uh, kind of hard to say. Hake come up super torn up. That first dorsal or the second dorsal fin can get kind of split in the middle based off how ripped up it is. It they're pretty easy to tell apart. The Hake's not going to have the patterning the Pollock is, um, and it's going to be one fish that looks different compared to all the other Pollock. You're not going to get a bunch of Hake with a bunch of Pollock. You're going to get one Hake mixed in with like a Pollock toe versus. The other way around. Oh my god, the Hake is basically the anorexic cousin of the Pollock. That's what I'm saying, you know, it's a gothic cousin that's been smoking too much. <laughs> smoking that crack! Um, Alright, so you got a Pollock. It looks like a sneaky snake. You watch out for it. Uh, you're going to see a lot of them. Snake. You'll get them in long line. I can't say I've seen any of them come up in pot vessels, but you'll get them in long line. Arctic Cod? Uh, never seen it. Nope, never seen one. Can't give you any ID tricks for it. If you think you see an Arctic cod, save it, bag it, tag it, bring yeah. it back, because they're probably confirm. not going to believe you. Cannot confirm. Pacific cod, don't bag it, tag it, and bring it back, because they're going to be really mad, because everybody's seen a Pacific cod in nymphs at least one time. Big old teeth. Big old noggin. Big old barbel. Big old head. Yeah. I mean, they're a funky they're looking fish. I've seen some really stupid looking ones with like broken tails and stuff where their body's all messed up and they look like weird swimming snakes. <laughs> uh, and they are powerful, especially as they get bigger. Like I, their head is hard too. They start thrashing around. You just got to be careful with them. Yeah. I've gotten some fish, you know, that are in the 30 kilogram range. You got to pick them up underneath your armpit and crack their skulls and take their otoliths where the otoliths barely fit in the vials. They're an easy fish to deal with because they're so large that they take up a bunch of volume in your baskets and you don't have to deal with a whole lot of fish in your three basket samples or however many baskets you feel like taking if you're more ambitious than most. Um, Unless you're on a long line and then you need 20 of them. Yeah, that would be that would be sad. Yes. You won't have to be on a long line. The cameras will take all your jobs. <laughs> but I like long lining. No, boo, boo, I Lauren. Like long lining. Boo. I like long lining. I saw you hurt yourself, boo. Uh-uh, that was rockfish. Oh, boo. Well, I did, I did hurt boo, myself Lauren. on long lining, but I, I didn't get go. taken out of the field for that one. Tom Cod. I've seen a couple of these. They Never look like one. cod, but they're not. You look at it and you're like, you don't look like a peacod, and that's how you do determine it. <laughs> really not going to be able to help you besides they're relatively small. Peacod get really big. Uh, I just realized I told a fib that peacod I measured obviously wasn't 30 kilograms. It was closer to the 20 range because 20 is their maximum size, apparently. Um, it was really big. I had to put it underneath my armpit to crack the skull with, you know, one hand. It was a very large fish. 
Anyways, Tomcod, super small. They look like a peacod, but not. Um, you'll see it and be like, huh, your eyes are funny. And One of these you'll look at it and see it. Like the other. That's a lot of fish ID. You look at it and you're like, this fish is different. Something is wrong with this fish. And you ID it out and you're like, ah, this was a different fish and I got it correct. It was like, this was the first draft of a cod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I don't really want to put these into mass production. They're kind of small, but, you know, I'll, I'll leave them out there. Yeah. Saffron cod. I've tag never it, seen one. Tag it, bring it back, because uh, yeah. they're probably not going to believe that's that what you saw. They're weird, small, small fish. I've seen a couple photos of them. They're very yellow, or you could almost say a saffron color. But Ooh, they sound like the sassy. Spice. They sound so sassy. Uh, if you look it and taste it, tell me what it tastes like. I want to know if it tastes like saffron. I really don't think it does, but I need confirmation to be told if it does or not. So please inform us. Um, also, I think it's funny that the Tom Cod and the Saffron Cod, their descriptions in the guide, like the Codimus Key, um, both of their descriptions start with talking about their anus. Anus. Well, anus. When it comes to cod species, your gadids, uh, your anus butthole space, space is under the first the dorsal, dorsal fin. Spin. Yeah, it's supposed to tell you how to ID it. But if this butthole is between the first and the second dorsal fin, or under so, the second dorsal fin. Depending on how much of a butthole your fish has been, uh, butthole. we'll tell you what the fish is. Yeah. 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 Fish IDs. There are a lot of fish to ID. Got to catch them all. You can try. It's going to take a few years. There's so many species out there. You're not going to see them all in one fishery. You're not going to see them all in two fisheries. You're not going to see them all in three fisheries. You're probably going to have to do multiple programs to see a lot of these fish, especially the deep sea fish, are hard to get in pretty much any fishery. Trawlers, you're more likely to get them, but you're going to have to get some boats that are fishing deep. Typically, that only happens in the summertime. Um, good luck, Godspeed, and getting all your fish. I did not. I got over like 110, I think around the 120 range for fish IDs confirmed. And that was tough. That took me a long time. There's a lot of fish out there. <laughs> Um, there's clearly more than that. A lot of them you won't ever see. If you do see them, you see a fish that's like, huh, I don't know if this fish is where this fish is supposed to be. Bag it, tag it, save it for later. Let your end season know. The Leo say, yeah, get rid of that. I don't want to deal with it. Or they'll have you save it and bring it back. Um, I've never had yeah. an end season tell me to get rid of a fish, but, you know, maybe they will. When in doubt, bag and tag. Yeah. Don't be a fool. Wrap your fish. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you thought that was going somewhere else, but it didn't. Yeah, I was like, whoa! <laughs> I'm mature. So, Lauren, I got asked by some of our viewers, are you pro or against cannibalism? Um, I'm very against cannibalism. Um, uh, that sounds like an indecisive answer. We'll leave that question <laughs> in the open. You know, I will say, reference. though, Wayne did share a poll with me um, <laughs> and where he answered he ate 20 people. So. No, that was clearly Lauren <laughs> that said that. Do not let her deceive you. She is a cannibal. Yeah, he likes bison Possibly, steaks. That's his favorite. Um, <laughs> But he'll never turn down a good thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Rump roast. Ew, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, Wait, which part? We talked about a lot here, Lauren. <laughs> like the or rump want- roast. I just think it's weird. <laughs> even even actual rump roast, I'm like, that's, that's a weird concept. I mean, it's better than like a ham hock. You can't tell me eagles eat enough ham to get a whole <laughs> ham out of a hawk. I mean, come on. 
I mean, I bet you, I bet you they're delicious. Those those hawks. Yeah, I bet you. They eat a just... lot of pig, a lot of pork products. <laughs> Every morning they have bacon. They go and eat a nice pork hot dog for lunch, and then you know some pork chops for dinner. You get a good ham hock out of it. Oh my God, have you ever fed your chickens chicken? No. Okay, that's good. Not a monster. <laughs> You're like, here, guys, here's the scrambled eggs I didn't eat this morning. Eat oh, okay, that's not chicken. That's different. They do that themselves. Ew. They eat they their love babies. Eggs. They eat eggs. They're not babies. There's no baby in there. But what, they would no? eat their babies, given the chance. <laughs> Chickens sure. are monsters. That's, you know what? That's fair. I've, I've hung around them for a little bit. They are monsters. They're worse than us. They are cannibals. They are. 100%. No question. 100%. One time we uh we had a small little songbird land in our chicken coop. It didn't last. The chickens oh. swarmed it oh, and no. ripped that poor little songbird <laughs> apart. It was quite horrifying. <laughs> that poor baby bird. Yeah, it didn't stand a chance. All right, Wade. Well... It's uh, it's decided that I'm not a cannibal, so I feel like we should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that answer as inconclusive at this point. <laughs> I don't have enough research to back the evidence that you are or are not a cannibal. Don't eat people, everyone. Don't don't do that. Yeah, don't be close minded. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Uh, all right lauren well that was a good episode i appreciate you coming here for some fish ids we'll definitely have to do this episode we've got a lot to egg out of these and milk out of these episodes because we haven't even talked about mollusks or corals oh my goodness or salmon or or rockfish or or rockfish skates or oh my god i freaking forgot about skates my meals or cannibalism. So yeah, it was or- good talking to you, Lauren. <laughs> Great episode. I appreciate you. And everybody, have a wonderful day. Yeah. Till next time, maybe. Bye, bye. Bye.